Arsenal are being linked with Julian Draxler again. We're going to be talking Matteo Genduzzi and looking ahead to tonight's Premier League fixture at Southampton. All of that on this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min, hosted by me, Harry Simeu. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing those links with Julian Draxler. Again, it's the annual Julian Draxler link. Thought that disappeared, but it's resurfaced again. Uh, so we're going to be touching on that. We're going to be discussing Matteo Genduzzi, whose future at Hertha Berlin has hit a little bit of uncertainty. Bruno Labbadia, the boss, has been sacked. Uh, things are changing at Hertha Berlin. But what does that mean for Matteo Genduzzi. We're going to be discussing that and looking at how he's gotten on so far during his time there. And of course, we're going to be looking ahead to tonight's massive Premier League game against Southampton at St Mary's. Huge game for the Gunners. And having rested so many players, having made so many changes at the weekend, the pressure is on Mikel Arteta to get a positive result tonight. Because if he doesn't, then you can bet for sure that those who are waiting for him to fail, and yes, there are Arsenal fans waiting for Mikel Arteta to fail. They'll be all over it. They will be all over it. So we're going to be discussing all of that on this live edition of the show. Um, coming to you a little bit earlier today than normal, just because um, we want to get the preview for the Southampton game out in the air uh, sort of as soon as possible. Uh, so that's the reason for the kind of earlier start today. Uh, but just to give you a bit of a heads up as to what's coming today, uh, we're going to be bringing you this show. We're going to be doing a live watch along of the game, which you can find on our YouTube channel. Uh, so that'll be kicking off from 8 p.m. And of course, we are going to be doing a post-match show uh, after the game is concluded. And we'll be discussing the performance, discussing the talking points uh, from the game as well. Big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat right now. To those of you listening back on the audio or to those of you who uh, are listening via the audio platforms. Hope you are all well and uh, staying safe. Right, let's uh, let's begin with the Matteo Genduzzi talk. Uh, now, of course, Matteo Genduzzi has been at Hertha Berlin on loan for the season. And of course, Saturday's 4-1 home thrashing uh, by Werder Bremen spelt the end uh, for the Hertha Berlin boss, Bruno Labbadia, who, of course, was instrumental uh, in bringing Matteo Genduzzi to the club. Uh, but he wasn't the only one that was laid off. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the, direct, the director of football as well uh, was kind of shoved out the door because Hertha Berlin just clearly feel like they need to go in a in a different uh, in a different direction. And of course, Matteo Genduzzi, I don't know if any of you have seen the video. I'll just, um, I, I don't think I can share it because of the whole, uh, the, the whole copyright stuff. But basically, uh, Matteo Genduzzi was videoed coming back out onto the pitch after halftime uh, with Matthias Cunha, one of his teammates. And they were in, involved in quite a heated debate about something that had gone on on the football pitch. Now, you know, that's okay. It's passion. 
you know, you you want to see your players showing fight. I always think that that stuff should happen in the dressing room. I don't think you should take that out into the public domain because it causes stories just like this one, just like this one that we're discussing now. For me, as a manager, if I was a manager, I wouldn't want to see that. I'd want to see it done in the, the, the safe space that is the dressing room where there are no cameras, um, you know, and, and, and see it play out that way. But Matteo Genduzzi and Matteo Cunha were involved in a little bit of a debate, a little bit of a... A back and forward. I've seen some people describe it as a fight. I've seen some headlines saying that Matteo Genduzzi in fight with her to Berlin teammate. It wasn't a fight. I mean, watch the video. Um, it's a it's a debate between two people. Matteo Genduzzi, as we know from his time at Arsenal, is someone who kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. His emotions are quite clear uh, visibly, and I don't think it was anything more than that. So I wouldn't uh, label that as a fight. I've seen people do that, and I just thought, oh god. Um, you know, that's that's a little bit over the top. It's very over the top, actually. Uh, let's have a quick look at how Matteo Genduzzi has gotten on uh, at Hertha Berlin this season, though, because there's been a lot of talk, uh, particularly during this transfer window, as to whether Arsenal were going to recall him early, what the future holds for Matteo Genduzzi with regards to Arsenal. The issue is with Matteo Genduzzi, as I've said before, is that, of course, his contract is due to expire at the end of next season. So if he does return to Arsenal this summer, the issue Arsenal will have is if they do keep him and he plays well, of course, he has that kind of right, doesn't he, then to walk out on a free transfer at the end of the season. And given the kind of relationship, the rocky relationship that we know he and Mikel Arteta have at the moment, would 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 that be us? losing out? Would that be Arsenal in a position whereby they're going to have to say goodbye to Matteo Genduzzi, who's probably a sellable asset, you'd think? Um, and, uh, and and we're going to be in a position where we've kept him on the basis that he can help the team in the interim, but in the long run, we end up losing him on a free transfer. And the thing is, with Arsenal right now, financially, we're not in a position where we can allow sellable assets, allow more sellable assets to just walk out the door for nothing. You know, we've heard that the, the contracts of, of uh, Mesut Ozil, well, we know Mesut Ozil's contract's been terminated. We know that Socrates is, has as well. Congratulations to him, by the way, for uh, getting his move back to Greece with Olympiagos. Um, but then, you know, you've got, for example, Mustafi. We're in discussions about that. And you know, yes, they are sellable assets to a degree because they are players that there is interest in around Europe and they are players who are still under contract at Arsenal Football Club. But the reality is with those three, it made perfect sense because nobody's going to come and stump up their cash during this, this COVID crisis with six months left on their current deals, five months even. You know, how much are you going to be able to demand for them in the transfer window? So there's a lot to consider. So I'm fine with us moving those guys out. But with someone like Matteo Genduzzi still having a year left at the end of this season, he's a sellable asset. And so I want to see Arsenal make a decision as to whether they're going to keep him. And if so, offer him a contract extension or you're going to sell him and try and get what you can for him in the transfer market. The other good thing about Matteo Genduzzi's situation is that Arsenal didn't actually pay a lot of money for him. It was around about seven, eight million pounds. So, you know, if you can get that back, then there's no harm done. Um but, you know, given the, the kind of potential that he has displayed at times in an Arsenal shirt, you do feel as though um, as though we should be making a profit on him for sure. Uh, let's go over to some of your live comments. Let's uh, pick out this one, first of all, from former Arsenal man, Kevin Campbell, regular viewer of the show. Kevin, how you doing, mate? He says, 
Hi, Harry. Hope you're well. Guendouzi needs to learn to channel the aggression. If he can't, he could struggle in the game. Nobody wants a problem child, do they? Especially Arteta. Agreed. And if you go back to a podcast we did, it can't have been more than two or three months ago now with, with Jeremy Aliadier, obviously former Arsenal forward as well. He played uh, at Lorient in France at the time Matteo Guendouzi was coming through. And he was very forthright. He was very honest and open about Matteo Guendouzi when I asked him the question. And he did say that, it's something that has been in his game from a very young age. He looked at Matteo Genduzzi at a very young age and felt that, you know, there was a there was a danger that he would allow that kind of attitude and that kind of um, the inability to channel his aggression in the right way to to hinder his career. And we're seeing that now because Matteo Genduzzi, I think we can all agree, is a better player than someone languishing towards the bottom end of the Bundesliga. You know, he, he's a better player than that. But unfortunately, other factors, other issues have led to him uh, ending up where he is currently. But before we come back to your comments, let's quickly just have a look at how the season's gone for Guendouzi in Germany so far. He's made 13 Bundesliga appearances in total, 12 of those as a starter, uh, one as a substitute. He's played 1,113 minutes, picked up two yellow cards along the way, has scored two goals as well, which is a decent return. Uh, for a, a central midfield player. Two in 13 is not bad. Um, he's been named man of the match on one occasion. His past success rate has been a, a decent 88.5%. I'd still argue that you want to be aiming for a little bit more in the centre of midfield, especially if you want to be playing at the top, top level. You know, it's a very important part of the pitch and you need to keep hold of the ball uh, as best as possible. And an 88.5% pass completion rate. I know it sounds high, but I think there's room for that to be improved. Um, in terms of his, his performance rating, and this performance rating is judged by whoscored.com, who go by a load of stats. Uh, they've rated his season so far at 6.84 out of 10. So just under 7 out of 10. That's the average. So he would have performed better levels than that, and he would have performed below that. That is the average worked out over those 13 displays. So he's been solid, Matteo Genduzzi, but he's not exactly set the world on fire based on that and based on what we've just read. Let's go back to some of your live comments and see what you guys uh, are saying as well. Uh, lots of you asking about the Draxler thing. We'll, we'll come on to talk about that in a second. Uh, big good morning to everybody joining us live and to those of you, of course, uh, listening back on the replay uh, let's see what we've got here. I uh, love this one from Asaf. He says, found this podcast two weeks ago and haven't stopped listening since then. Thank you so much, mate. Welcome uh, to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Uh, kind words from Mel and Scam as well. Thank you so much. Um, Method Man says, Gwenduzi might be a better player beside the likes of Partey. Yeah, maybe he would be. Um, you know, I always felt that Gwenduzi's big issue for me was not his application. You know, I thought he put himself about, he was physical, he got involved in things. And what I liked about Guendouzi as well is he kind of helped our tempo. You know, sometimes when you look at this Arsenal side and it's a little bit slow and it's a little bit, you know, what's the word? You know, it's a little bit slow. It's a little bit, it's not quite moving right. It's like a little bit stop and start. Matteo Guendouzi, as we saw uh, last season, especially in a couple of games that always come to mind, Villa and South uh, Villa and Spurs. There was two second halves where Matteo Genduzzi just came out there and grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and really 
got Arsenal going and really set the tone and set the tempo. And you feel like players like Matteo Guendouzi, a fully fit Martinelli, they set the tone and you need people like that in order for Arsenal's play to have that zip, that purpose, the press. Um, you know, players like Guendouzi are certainly capable of that. But there was a bit of indiscipline, not just in terms of his behaviour, but I thought positionally as well with Matteo Genduzzi. And I highlighted it on a couple of podcasts last season where we were looking at his heat map and we were looking at the fact that Guendouzi was was more often on the right-hand side of the pit of the midfield than the centre, when actually that was his position. And it used to leave us exposed. It used to leave Granite Xhaka exposed a lot. And I'm not, this is not a defence again of Granite Xhaka. You know, we do that enough on this podcast, but... At times, he was left to kind of fend for himself with two or three opposition midfielders because Genduzi would get sucked into incidents on the right, on the left, because of his enthusiasm to get involved in the game. So I think that's something that, that Genduzi needs to improve on. He needs to improve positionally. Maybe somebody like Thomas Partey could cope with being a little bit more isolated because he's a better... athlete I think we're back am I back can you hear me let me know in the live chat if you can hear me I, d I had a flicker of the light I'm assuming the power dipped uh, which would have uh, impacted on the quality of the stream let me know uh, what's going on has it come back I'm back great um, great so apologies about that I'm not sure what happened I think my uh, my power supply into here just uh, kind of took a little bit of a dip um, and yeah, that obviously kicks the router into shit street as well, but we're back. Uh, so yeah. Um, what was I saying? I was talking about Matteo Genduzzi and I was talking about that kind of, um, the, the fact that maybe somebody like Thomas Partey would be a little bit more, um, you know, able to cope with Genduzzi disappearing off to the right, off to the left, because he's a better athlete than Granite Xhaka. But I certainly think he's got the potential, uh, to be, an Arsenal player in the future. I certainly got his, think he's got the potential uh, to go on and achieve uh, big things in the game, but it's potential is nothing unless you fulfill it. Uh, Tizel says, Guendouzi has the potential to be a top player and I can see him playing for a big team in the future. However, he needs the right mentors and guidance because it seems like his attitude or behaviour is letting him down. I would like to see him in an Arsenal shirt again. Yeah, look, if he can offer something, then why not? Um, you know, why not? Uh, got got no issues with him coming back. But, you know, the, the worry that I have with Matteo Genduzzi now is has too much happened between him and Mikel Arteta. That means there is no going back. Has too much happened. That means Mikel will never fully trust him again. Has Matteo Genduzzi got the arse uh, with Mikel Arteta so much that he might uh, play up if he does come back, that he might be a little bit, you know, he might hold it as a bit of a grudge. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see on that. Um, right, let's carry on ploughing through your comments. Apologies uh, for that dip in the connection. I, I don't know what happened. As I said, you probably saw it. The light just uh, sort of uh, uh, flickered and then the, the router normally goes off if the power goes off. Obviously, I'm assuming that's what happened. I'll have to go in the house and check with the missus what happened there. But yeah, um, 
Let's get back to uh, your comments. If you're listening on audio, you're probably thinking, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, but the stream just momentarily uh, dipped out there uh, for a few seconds. Uh, right. Let's talk a little bit about the Julian Draxler links. Now, of course, every single transfer window, Arsenal get linked with Julian Draxler every single time. And it's come up again. This time, the rumour is that our PSG are interested in sending Julian Draxler to Arsenal in exchange for taking Matteo Genduzzi to the Parc de Prince. Now, Matteo Genduzzi, you know, we, we've just spent a little bit of time talking about him and what he could potentially be. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain obviously feel like uh, they can they can channel that aggression of that Genduzzi shows in the right way and that they can tap into the talent and make it work for them. Julian Draxler, do we really need him? No, we don't. You know, we've already got a problem fitting Aubameyang, Martinelli, Lacazette, Saka, Smith Rowe into the side. I don't think Arsenal are going to give up on Nicolas Pepe yet either, um, whether that's right or wrong. You know, you've got, um, you've got, uh, his name's completely escaped my head. You've got Martin Odegaard coming in as well. Um, so, you know, it just, it doesn't feel like a, a priority, not if we're getting Odegaard. So, yeah, um, I, I don't see that happening, but it is being reported today. I've read it on a couple of outlets. I think the report originated from Le Keep in France, who, you know, they're notorious for being a bit of a, a, a rumour mongering uh, publication, if that makes sense. And, and often the rumours they do uh, go on about don't often come to fruition. So, yeah. Um, that's coming from L'Equipe, so I'd, I'd take that with a pinch of salt. But it is a report that's doing the rounds today. Now, my understanding in terms of Arsenal's transfer activity is that they're still in the market for a left-back if the right opportunity presents itself. Now, we've been linked with Ryan Bertrand from Southampton. He's, of course, suspended tonight and can't play against us, um, which will be a blow for the Saints because they're also without Carl Walker-Peters, who's playing, uh, who plays on the right-hand side as well. So, um yeah, uh, no movement on that as of yet, though. Arsenal, uh, I think, probably want to try and take Bertrand on loan um, until the end of the season when he becomes a free agent. Then they can do the deal. But the issue is here is that is that loan fee going to be enough to make Southampton go, well, we'd rather get that in and lose him now than let him go for free in the summer. That's the issue here. And uh, what kind of loan fee can Arsenal put on the table? We know that funds are limited. We know there's not a great deal of resource available for the Gunners right now to, to deal with transfers. Perhaps that Bank of England loan has allowed them to maybe restructure some debt a little bit and and maybe be able to dip into other areas of the finances to, to try and do things. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But time is obviously running out and I don't expect um, another incoming. I said that uh, from, you know, from a few days ago. If we do get one, great. Um and it would have been a very last minute move. But as as I keep saying, my view is that unless a really good opportunity presents itself uh, and you don't know, Mikel Arteta might see that Bertrand one as a really good opportunity, then there is not going to be uh, another incoming. As I say, though, could be completely wrong. If the right player becomes available, uh, Arsenal uh, probably will uh, probably will make their move if they think it's uh, it's the right one. Um Let's see what else uh, we've got here. Um, let's uh, quickly run through some of your comments. I'm just going through all the your back comments after the, the stream dropped out. I do apologize for that once again. Um, sometimes this shit can't be helped. I don't know why it happened, but 
is uh, what it is. Uh, we've got a tweet just come out from Arsenal as well um, with regards to some team use for tonight. Uh, we'll go through your your comments first and then we'll come to that as we look ahead to that game against Southampton. Um, let's see what we've got here. Let's start from here. If I've missed your comment, I apologise. The chat is just constantly updating. Um, Sir Brian says, Arsenal seems to be a freebie club. Well, we're letting players go for free. And uh, yeah, uh, it looks like we're um, we're starting to, to look at free free signings. But I think Arsenal just need to be creative, don't they, in the transfer market right now. And there are much worse left-backs in the world than Ryan Bertrand to come in and be a backup. Because that's ultimately what we're looking for. Kieran Tierney is the main man in that position and will continue to be. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, it feels like um, it feels like Arsenal are just trying to be creative. They're just trying to uh, manage the the wage bill. They're trying to bring players in that they feel can help the team, but also are not of any great cost. And that's just a reality of the situation we find ourselves in at present. Um, Selgius, just quickly back on the Genduzi thing. I think Genduzi needs someone like Arsene Wenger, who's more like a father. I, I do think that somebody like Arsene Wenger, for all his faults, and there are there were faults, and you know, I'm not saying that we should get Arsene Wenger back or anything like that, but there there are certain players that you look at in that Arsenal squad and you just feel like they need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of an arm around them. And I'm not saying that Mikel Arteta doesn't want to give them that. Does he have the experience to be able to give them that uh, to the level that someone like Arsene would? Probably not. Genduzi is one of those players. I think uh, Genduzi under Arsene Wenger is a very different Matteo Genduzi because, uh, you know, how many players have spoken about him as being a father figure and, and keeping him on a straight and narrow? You also look at someone like Nicolas Pepe, and I feel the same thing. I feel like a Nicola Pepe um, could... Uh, could really benefit from from that kind of father figure uh, like Arsene Wenger for sure. Um, let's uh, quickly uh, touch on a few more of your comments. Um, True Guna says, Guendouzi is a lose-lose. He comes back, plays well and acts a fool or he goes, plays well and we regret it. Sad times. Uh, big hello to Jordan Perez from Match Edge. Uh, check out uh, Match Edge as well. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be... Uh, bringing you some uh, exciting stuff from Match Edge, uh, following some discussions that we've been having over the last uh, couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Big hello to Jordan as well. Uh, Liam Gardner says the stream quality has got a lot better now. Yeah, there was obviously some issue uh, with the router, uh, but it's kicked itself back into gear. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got. <laughs> Liam Gardner, I love this one. Um, it's the year 2040. Arsenal have been linked with transfer for Draxler for the seven thousandth time yeah i wouldn't be surprised um what else have we got karim says that, that guendouzi would have been a good midfield partner for Partey. uh clement says harry love your hairstyle look like sabios in 2020 thank you mate uh big good morning to everybody else joining us as well uh this is an interesting question from tazel uh, and i've been asked this question quite a bit i've had a few dms on twitter over the last few days about this is there any update on the Aubameyang situation other than a personal issue no uh the the answer is no um obviously the club will know what is going on but they're not disclosing it and why would they um you know why would they um why would they do that? You know, it's a, it's obviously a personal issue. Um, you know, it, you probably feel like it's quite something quite severe. Um, 
that's kind of my gut feeling. I don't know that for a fact, but as I said on the show yesterday, when we were kind of uh, just discussing it sort of casually, family comes first and whatever it is, um, first of all, it's enough for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to, to have to leave uh, a stadium that he had traveled to, uh, a stadium that he was due to play a game in just hours later. He was part of that squad that travelled to Southampton. Unfortunately, whatever occurred, occurred, and he had to be sent home. Uh, so it is obviously something that that they feel is serious. But also, you've got to think about the kind of mental side of it as well. You know, it's all good uh, saying, you know, well, you we should just get on with it. But is your head there? If it is something serious, is your mind in the game? And then not, probably not. So you're probably better served going with a Gabriel Martinelli who's fully... Um, you know, fully focused on the game and, and hasn't got any distractions. It is Sod's law, though, doesn't it? It feels like Sod's law uh, because as soon as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang started to look like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang again and gets back into form, something like this comes up. But you can't legislate for these things. It happens. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Aubameyang is going to miss the game tonight. That's been confirmed uh, by Arsenal today. Um, that's what that tweet was that came out uh, a few moments ago. So we'll just kind of uh, quickly update you on that whilst we we're on the subject. So Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the club say, will be unavailable for Tuesday's match due to personal family reasons. Danny Ceballos uh, is uh, not available. He's still suffering from a left calf problem. He has resumed training, uh, though, and he'll continue to be assessed in the coming days. Um, Pablo Marie is still out. He's got a calf problem as well. He's progressing well, according to the club, and he's aiming uh, to be back in training this week. So obviously this game's come too quickly. Um, and Kieran Tierney uh, has a problem with the right calf as well, and he's been assessed for discomfort in the right lower leg. So Kieran Tierney could even uh, miss out on the game tonight. We don't know for sure. Uh, but that's, you know, it's, you know, it's a not, imagine Mikel Arteta played Kieran Tierney at the week, if he's suffering from discomfort now, then obviously whatever it was would have been there or there would have been a risk of it on on Saturday. So I hope a lot of Arsenal fans that absolutely destroyed Mikel uh, for leaving Kieran Tierney out of the squad. I hope, you know, they've, they've seen that now and understand that actually as a football club, as a, a medical team, they're a lot more clued up about what is going on with these players' condition than we are as Arsenal fans. So sometimes when we jump on the manager's back uh, over resting people, over leaving people out, there's often a good reason for that. Mikel Arteta is desperate for results. Mikel Arteta needs to get Arsenal's season back on track. I highly, highly doubt that he will want to leave players out of games, that he will want to throw away the trophy that many of you say actually... Um, you know, saved him his job or, or is the reason that he's got this job. So, yeah, um, you know, that that it's worrying. It's worrying. And Kirantini, as I always said, there was always a bit of a worry about his, um, uh, you know, his uh, his fitness and, and, and his sort of um, injury issues in the past. So we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, what else have we got here? Let's see what else you guys are saying before we turn our focus fully uh, to that game tonight against Southampton. Bruno asks if we'll be doing an Arsenal versus Southampton watch along later. Yes, uh, I will be. Um, let's uh, let's have a quick uh, look at what is happening uh, in terms of the start time. Yeah, it's, a, it's an 8.15 kickoff, so we're going to go live at 8 and we'll be going through the team news 
uh, and all of that stuff. And uh, and then we'll bring in uh, the game for you as well. I'll be taking you through the game live right here. So if you haven't joined us for one of those before and you fancy it, come and join us. I think the game's on BT Sport tonight. Uh, I'm not as irritating as Steve McManaman. I can promise you that. Uh, so yeah, come over uh, and check it out. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Tazel also asks about uh, the leak inside the club. Uh, was it Messi Ozil's agent? There's been a lot of talk about that. Obviously, he's not. We, we've got no way of knowing uh, definitively for sure. But Mikel Arteta kind of hinted, didn't he, in a press conference uh, last week that he'd found the root of the problem or that he was... I think his words were pretty sure of who the problem was. And when he was asked if it was one of the to do with one of the players that had just left on a free transfer, uh, he said he wouldn't comment. But it was, uh, I think, very, very clear that he, he suspects uh, that the Ozil camp was involved in some of those leaks coming out. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Big good morning uh, to Rahil, who's concerned uh, about the Tierney thing. Yeah, I think lots of us are. Um, what else have we got? Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, big good morning, uh, to Miss Mel as well. She says, smash the like button, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, and make sure you check out our membership perks as well. Um, if you are interested in supporting the channel, uh, to grow in supporting me and bringing you more Arsenal content, um, you can become a member of the channel. If you click on the link in the description, it will take you to our membership page. There are three tiers of membership. Uh, and from there, you can decide which, if any of those appeal to you. We've got loads and loads of members now. I'm really chuffed about how many of you have, have decided to join up and sign up. Um, and you can see the growth is there, you know, and I'm just looking at it kind of here where I had it written down. August the 10th, we hit 5,000 subscribers. So September, October, November, December, January, in five months, we've more than doubled that uh, on YouTube alone. That's not to mention that this month, in terms of downloads on the podcast audio, we have smashed the record. It's the most we've ever had. It's a huge number. I'm so delighted. Um, and uh, I want to say a big thank you to every single one of you for your support, because without that, uh, this this podcast, this show doesn't go anywhere. Uh, just under 190,000 downloads on the audio platforms alone uh, since uh, the start of January, which is amazing. So thank you all uh, so much. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Liam Gardner says, um, how have the 90 min guys responded to your recent success? Do you mean in terms of Arsenal? Um, Arsenal kind of turning a little bit of a corner. I know we lost at Southampton, but I think if you're talking about sort of how they've responded to Arsenal getting that little bit better, a lot of them are just turning around and saying, well, we're playing against, we've been playing against shit teams and that's why the run has been so good. Um, but yeah, you know what it's like, it's tribalism and all that. Um, big hello to KC joining us uh, from Bangkok. Lots of you talking about potential solutions for that left back position. Uh, well, I still think that, you know, I would probably play Cedric there, but I just worry um, about the fact that he's played 90 minutes. He played 90 minutes on Monday, last Monday, uh, against Newcastle. And then he played 90 minutes on Saturday as well. I suppose that's a long enough uh, break time. But then he played uh, again at the weekend for 90 minutes. Hector Bellerin was rested, obviously, with the view uh, to him coming in. at Well, he was substituted off, I mean, uh, in the last 20 minutes. On Saturday, with a view to him playing tonight, you'd imagine. But 
with Kieran Tierney out, that might change things. Look, I don't want to see Ainsley Maitland-Niles at left back after that last display. Maybe he's got a point to prove. Maybe he'll come in and do a good job. It'll be interesting to see what Mikel does. Uh, a couple of you suggesting that Gabriel should play there. I think Gabriel looks so off the pace uh, on Saturday. I'm not sure that he he should be in the starting lineup tonight. Full stop. Obviously, the 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 sort of fact that Kieran Tierney uh, could be unavailable changes that. But I don't know. For me, if he's if he's okay, I'd probably still go Cedric at left back. To be honest, I thought he did okay in that first half um, at Southampton when he played at left back. Obviously, he looked better when he switched to the right when Hector Bellerin went off. Uh, but I still think that, you know, he got forward, he got into some really good positions, probably had a our best chance of the first half, didn't take advantage of it. But I think that's what I would do. But again, it goes back to, and as Michelle says in the chat, you know, it goes back to the Kolasinac thing. It just felt like a proper counterproductive move that letting him go out on loan. We didn't get rid of him. We didn't cut out the dead wood like we did with some of the others. We literally kept, uh, we literally loaned him out. That was only to the benefit of Schalke, uh, of Schalke and to Serge Kolasinac, not to Arsenal Football Club. Yes, they're going to pay some of his wages. OK, fine. We get a little bit of money off the books, but we've left ourselves desperately short. And, and Kieran Tierney, unfortunately, throughout his Arsenal career, it's not just now, uh, has shown that we can't 100% rely on him. It's a bit of an issue. Bit of an issue. Um, right. Let's uh, Let's move on. Let's focus on that game. Uh, against Southampton. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you guys on the screen, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, the preview that I pulled together uh, for 90 min yesterday. And then I'll show you the team that I would uh, I would pick uh, for that game. Now, of course, bear in mind that this was written yesterday afternoon. So the Kieran Tierney news uh, wasn't available. Uh, so I didn't know that Kieran Tierney uh, wasn't going to be or was going to be a doubt for this one. So he's obviously included in my team. Uh, just kind of highlighted that the, the two teams will meet for the second time in four days. Um, and that Ralph Hasenhutl's side got the better of us in that FA Cup tie, although Arsenal uh, made a number of changes, kind of touched on the fact that Southampton held us to a 1-1 draw at the Emirates Stadium uh, earlier in the season in December. So there was that. And then, of course, they got the upper hand, didn't they? in the FA Cup. So they've proven difficult opponents for us, uh, Ralph Hasenhutl's side. And I think a lot of that has actually been down to the fact that Arsenal can't match them in terms of intensity. We've certainly got the talent to match them, but in terms of intensity, energy, application, Arsenal are a little bit um, sort of behind Southampton. That's the reality. And Southampton are above us in the Premier League. They're two points clear of us going into this game. And they have a game in hand as well. So that could potentially be five points. Um, so it shows you that Ralph Hasenhutl's side, although they've had a difficult time of it in the Premier League of late, actually, um, you know, overall this season, they've been a lot more uh, effective than Arsenal have. Uh, looking at some of the team news. Uh, so for Southampton, there's quite a few problems, actually. Uh, they're still going to be without Yannick Vestergaard, Musa Gineppo, Mohamed Salisu, Nathan Redmond and Oriol Romeu. They are all out injured. Carl Walker-Peters is now also unavailable due to a quad injury and Ryan Bertrand is suspended. But uh, Alex McCarthy is likely to return in between the sticks for Ralph Hasenhutl's side. Arsenal. 
again at the time you know we hadn't had the confirmation about Aubameyang but I put that Aubameyang uh, is un- it could still be uh, sorry Arsenal could still be without him having had to deal with a personal matter Danny Sabas uh, remained a doubt but we know he's out now and we know that Pablo Marie is out now as well so in terms of predicted lineups this is what I went with for Southampton McCarthy Valerie Bednarek Stevens Vokins Walcott Diallo Ward Prowse Armstrong Ings and Adams that's the the Southampton side I expect to play. It's probably going to be a 4-4-2. And as I've just mentioned, there is a lengthy injury list at St. Mary's right now. So they can't really afford to rotate a great deal uh, from the side that played on Saturday, which could prove decisive in this one. They're a high-intensity team. They're a high-energy team. And maybe two games in four days might prove a little bit too much for them. Um, in terms of Arsenal's predicted lineup, this is what I went with. Uh, again, not knowing that Kieran Tierney was a doubt, so you'll have to bear with me on that. But I went Leno in goal, Bellerin holding Louise. I think David Lewis should come back into the side after Gabriel looked miles off of the pace the other day. Uh, midfield, I went Xhaka, Partey, Smith Rowe with Saka, Martinelli, and Lacazette as the front three. Um, so that's what I think will start. Well, only time will tell if that's right or not. Uh, in terms of the current form, as I mentioned, Southampton in the league, well, they've actually struggled a little bit of late in the league. This doesn't really tell the full picture because there's a couple of FA Cup ties uh, thrown um, sort of in their last uh, their last five games, which is what we look at. Uh, but they obviously beat us in the FA Cup. They beat Shrewsbury uh, in the round prior, uh, but they did lose at, at Leicester. Uh, they did beat Liverpool before that, which was obviously a good result. But then they were held uh, to a frustrating draw at home by West Ham United. So Southampton's league form hasn't been amazing of late. And if you go back even further, uh, a couple more weeks, I think you'll find that that to, that to be the case. In stark contrast to Arsenal's, actually, where the form has taken a massive upturn. If you go back to the 2nd of January, we battered West Brom at the Hawthorns. We beat Newcastle on the 9th uh, in the FA Cup by two goals to nil after extra time. We were held to a frustrating draw by Crystal Palace at the Emirates in the league. But then we bounced back with a 3-0 win over Newcastle, only to hit a brick wall again in the FA Cup. In terms of a prediction, I said that the pressure will undoubtedly be on the Arsenal boss, uh, particularly after Mikel Arteta rotated so heavily at the weekend. But, uh, you know, as for the Saints, yeah, they're a couple of points ahead of us and, and and they'll be looking to increase that deficit further. But given their lengthy list of absentees and the fact they're unable to make a load of changes, uh, I think fatigue could play a serious part on the outcome of this one. I also added that Saka, Lacazette, Tierney, Ifit and Thomas Partey coming back into the starting 11 is likely to elevate Arsenal's level significantly. And so it's fair to say that we stand a good chance of putting on an improved display tonight in comparison to the one we put in on Saturday. So my prediction was the famous old 1-0 to the Arsenal. Um, So that's what I've gone with. Let me know your predictions uh, in the live chat. I look forward to picking some of those up as well. And uh, once you've put your predictions in, I want you guys to let me know where it is you're joining us from so that I can give you a shout out uh, before we wrap up this stream. Uh, So, right, let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, Let's pick out a few uh, of uh, your your predictions. Liam Gardner is very optimistic. He says Arsenal to put in a performance tonight. 4-0 would be nice. I think that's a little bit um, ambitious, if I'm honest. Um, But yeah, look, Southampton are without two key players in their fullback. So there is a possibility that Arsenal could 
could go out there and, and, and really hurt them in those areas. It's imperative, isn't it, that we make that advantage count. Also, the fatigue thing as well. Um, you know, that'll be an issue for Southampton, having played just a couple of days ago uh, with such a, you know, uh, or three days ago now, having played with such a high intensity and being unable to make um, many changes, that could that could play its part. Uh, right, let's go back to some of your... Uh, predictions. Mellon says 3-1 Arsenal dominant performance. KC says 2-1 Arsenal. Uh, Nadine Pierre says 1-2 Brighton. We're playing Southampton, but uh, <laughs> even Brighton could beat us in our current form. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, Alvin says 1-0 to the Arsenal. The real captain says 2-0 to the Arsenal. Clement says 2-0 Arsenal. Uh, Pat Moyles says 2-0 to the good guys. Lots of you jumping on the 2-0. Uh, Rory's gone with 2-0 as well. Uh, Nasco says uh, 4-1 uh, to the Arsenal. He says Southampton are way too tired and will be nearly with the full team uh, joining from Bulgaria. Big hello to you, Nasco. Um, Alf Hawkins says 2-4. Um, so he thinks Arsenal will win this one uh, by four goals to two. Yasir Ahmed says 3-0 Arsenal. I feel confident. Hermani says 2-1 Arsenal from Jones to Finland. How you doing, mate? Um, and Selgius, who joins us from Melbourne, Australia, is predicting 2-0 as well. Mishane has gone with a 2-0. Scotty's gone 2-1. Sir Brian's gone 2-1 as well. Uh, the Real Captain says, great show watching from sunny West London. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, Rahil Durrani says he's being realistic and predicting a 1-1 draw. Bruno says 3-1 Arsenal. Uh, Faye says 1-1 without Tierney and Aubameyang. Sam says 0-0. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my bad. Nadine says, no, I'm from Brighton. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's too early in the morning for me. I've only had one cup of coffee at this point, which is not it's not working, clearly. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, big shout out to Nadine in Brighton. Hope you're well. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. Asaf says 2-1 to the Arsenal. Kanish Kumar says 8-0 Arsenal. Well, Southampton have got a history of conceding that kind of uh, tally, haven't they? Remember Leicester? Let's see. Uh, let's see. We hope so. Right. That brings us to the end of another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast brought to you by 90 Min. I uh, hope you've all enjoyed it. And don't forget, come and join me tonight for the live watch along of the game right here on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. We'll be going live from 8 p.m. We'll be going through the team news and taking you through the 90 minutes, as well as bringing you a post-match review show uh, around about 15, 20 minutes after the full-time whistle. So I look very forward uh, to seeing some of you then. Until then, take care and good night. Cheers. Good night. Good morning. What am I doing? All over the shop. Too early. Cheers. <laughs>